This is the podcast for April 15th, 2011. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from John Kyle's goat-blowing dude ranch, this is not intended to be a factual statement. It's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. have the word fucking that early on on the podcast oh yes we do okay <laughs> it's really really not safe for work it's really not safe for work we posted a bonus podcast earlier this week we want to thank adam klugman very much for having us on his show last weekend it was a blast we had a really good time with him we did we did and uh that is on our podcast list you can go listen to it at our website professionalleft.blogspot.com and it has some funny little skits in it. We'd love to hear from our listeners as to whether you liked those skits and would like them to be a part of our show. Mm-hmm. Let us know. Our email address is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. And we, a lot happened this past week, yeah. uh, starting with the almost government shutdown and then sort of this media boy toy obsession with Paul Ryan and his yes. tax cut plan or tax cut and – Spending cut plan, which was not well, deficit neutral. And his uh, piercing blue eyes. And his piercing blue eyes, my yes. goodness. You know, his, he, his rock hard abs and his okay, piercing blue eyes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't do it for me. But anyway, he sure does it for Joe Scarborough. I love. I know. <laughs> I love what one guy on Twitter said. I can't remember who it was, but it's like, hey, Paul Ryan and Joe Scarborough, your Cialis tubs are ready. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That was really well, you good. know, and that that's our our main topic this week is is seriousness. Rachel Maddow's response to the serious conversation was to have Bill Maher on, which I thought was perfect. And she said, "Really, yeah. to talk about this, you have to have a comedian on, and you have to you do. just do it through Daily Show and Colbert because you can't talk about these guys and their obsession with cutting taxes for billionaires." First of all. Anytime any conservative ever says tax cut, from now on you just have to add for billionaires. Yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to make a video. Yeah. A kind of a mashup of Republicans saying for tax cuts and just add for billionaires. For billionaires. For billionaires is, is the new what she said. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For billionaires. So, uh-huh. yeah, I think we're going to have to do that. Anyway, um, talk to me a little bit about seriousness, Drift Glass. Well, seriousness is. <clears throat> hippie punching with velvet gloves. Yeah. Seriousness is everyone on the left already knows what seriousness means. We have certain keywords that we we sort of trigger off of, and villager, beltway, um, hippie punching, dirty fucking hippie, and so forth is part of being the discredited, despised minority that happens to be right most of the time about most everything. And so, seriousness in this occasion always means, always means. Find uh, the minute there's a problem, you you go find the nearest poor person or brown person or weak person or sick person or old person and stomp the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. And while you're stomping the fuck out of them, you say, "I'm so sorry, but this is absolutely necessary for the good of the country." And usually, it's a person wearing twelve hundred dollar loafers doing the stomping. Yeah. And and you know, whenever there's a crisis, this is something that. Um, that uh, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell uh, really, really did a, a good job of on Wednesday. He said, look, this is Reagan's plan. Mm-hmm. 
All right. The plan has always been since Reagan, and this is not a, a big secret. You can look this up anywhere. The Republican plan has always been run huge deficits and force Democrats onto your ground. Force Democrats. It's, it's called starving the beast. Mm-hmm. Starve the government by running huge deficits that then force Democrats into a position where they have to cut their programs, mm-hmm. our programs, programs for poor people, the middle class, for, uh, for training, for uh, for health, for anything that doesn't involve tax cuts for billionaires is socialism as far as the right is concerned. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the, and, and since you can't ever convince people that it's a good thing to let grandma starve or let grandma die of a preventable disease, you simply deprive the government of revenue and then say, I, I wish I could help. I'd love to, you know, although Republicans have an absolutely unbroken history of hating Social Security, of hating Medicare, of hating Medicaid, of hating civil rights and opposing them at every turn. Um, you don't get it, you don't get reelected by saying that out loud. Right, right. So what you do is you say, look, we're broke. Yeah, we're broke because you pissed away all the money on tax cuts for people who didn't need them and on a bunch of other stupid shit that you should never have done in the first place. So the history of the last 20 years has been Republicans run huge deficits and, and nobody on the right cares. And then a Democrat puts his hand on the Bible and says, I'm your president. And suddenly the right completely freaks out over deficits. Right. Have to cut them, have to cut them, have to cut them. Drop everything. There's nothing else that's more important than this. So Democrats obligingly start cutting their favorite programs, dumping poor people, screwing screwing the middle class in order to bring the deficits down, which they do. And Republicans you know, clap with delight as poor people get fucked over once again. And then they turn right back around when Republicans get elected, as happened with George W. Bush, and they rack up more deficits. They piss away the surplus that Bill Clinton created, and they rack up more deficits. Then another Democrat comes along, puts his hand on the Bible, and suddenly the Republicans who've been completely silent on deficits for eight years form a thing called the Tea Party and demand – and the reason is that they don't believe in the government. They want That's the dead. problem is that they don't believe. I don't think it's just, just that they don't believe in the government. And I know we're going to get to Obama's speech in a minute, but mm-hmm. I think it's more and – I, and I, I don't think that they think of themselves the way you have portrayed them. No, of course not. Um, but I don't think they believe in society. Yes, Yes. And you and I have talked about that before. They don't what, believe that there is such a thing as society. Margaret Thatcher famously said there's no such thing as society. Yeah. There's individuals and families, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Society is an illusion created by evil collectivist socialist scumbags who want to take money away from the wealth producers and give it to the moochers and the you know the the, the parasites. That would yep. be me and you, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's ex- and they believe it. They sincerely believe it. They're depraved. They're awful. They're they're despicable creatures, but they sincerely believe. It, so they have to frame it in another way. And the way is, you know, golly, I'd love to help, but you know. We have no money now. Right. So I guess you're going to have to suck my dick. And, of course, the people who always end up paying the price for this, this, gosh, we're suddenly out of money. We don't know where all the money went, are the poor and, and the and middle class. the poor who are seen to be responsible for their condition. This rapacious, awful, evil behavior is almost always done by people who are carrying a Bible yeah. and speaking in very pious Christian mm-hmm. terms about – about well, this fake Christianity that they uh, they pretend to uh, they pretend to follow. 
and this fake Christ they pretend to worship. Yep. And one of the things that I went and looked up this week was the seven deadly sins because <laughs> really it's important to to talk about this in terms of sin, I think. Yeah. Uh, the sin of not caring for your neighbor and the sin of avarice, which is love of money. Mm-hmm. When I think about there was a story at Crooks and Liars about that congressman who held up health care reform for uh, abortion. Uh, mm-hmm. What was it, Michigan? Uh, Stupak. Stupak. Yeah, Bart Stupak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Democrat, Bart Stupak. Let's be clear about that. Right. Well, uh, on Scum abortion, mm-hmm. on abortion, and he's gone to work. You know, he didn't he didn't uh, stay in Congress. He that was his last year in Congress, and he went to work mm-hmm. for a lobbying firm. And you know, really? who one of their, you know who one of their clients is? Tell Plan, me, tell me. Planned Parenthood of Maryland. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he, you know, it's for the money. It's for the money, and. I'm, you know, one of the things that the president didn't say that I know, I know there were a lot of progressive. I was actually watching the speech on Fox live because I wanted to watch them put up a countdown to the largest text in history clock while he was speaking. I kept waiting for them to do that. But uh, I was also on Twitter while I was watching and there were a lot of progressive just very excited about this speech because it's like, where has this guy been? You know, wow, he's standing up for the middle class. He's standing up for Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and society and saying this is America that we made these promises. Like, where has this guy been? You know, but um, and he oh, and he was committing math. That's oh, what yeah. got Rachel Maddow yeah. all turned on. Yeah. I, I was told there'd be no math in yes, this government, I sir. I think that's exactly what what uh, Paul Ryan's attitude was. Nobody told me there'd be math. This isn't personally insulting to me, you know. Well, that, that's where Harold Ford got into trouble. Oh, my God, no. yes. Speaking Tell of us serious, about that. Harold Ford is a centrist, blue dog, Wall Street. He is a complete shill for the common beltway wisdom. And he is on the web commercial for MSNBC that runs. There's always a picture of Harold Ford Jr. He shows up on MSNBC. He shows up on Meet the Press. He shows up everywhere. He has no credentials, no qualifications. He His job is simply to regurgitate stale beltway truisms about seri- – you know, he's, he's one of those serious people yeah. who you, you kind of wonder, other than you know looking a little bit like a fashion model – and and knowing how to smoke a cigar and having a smoking hot girlfriend or wife, um, what the fuck are you qualified to do? And he, what he does is he sits there and spews sound bites, absolutely sound bites. Yep. blue dog beltway, you know, about his dear friends around the table. And he's he's such a he's he's a complete shill. He's he's an empty. He's the ultimate empty suit. And of course, he sat there on the Morning Joe show. Uh, spewing his his you know received beltway wisdom about the uh, about budgets and Ezra Klein came on and committed math right in front of him yeah, yeah. and said no I'm afraid you're wrong there uh, former congressman um, here's the actual math here is why Social Security is not in trouble here's how to fix it and he he just sort of laid the numbers out and 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 his only you know Harold Ford Jr.'s only comeback was I don't like your math yeah. You know, and he said, "Well, it's not my math; it's just right. math." It's, 
It's that the was CBO's what I math. loved of that part of it was when Ezra yeah. said, Klein said, it is not my math. Right. And that's really important to recognize. You can't – this is part – going back to that centrism thing that we talked about mm-hmm. last week of, mm-hmm. no, there's my math and your math. And what we'll do is we'll mix them together and split it, and then we'll yeah. come up with the right answer. Well, no, the, the, my no. This math over here isn't my math. It's math where two well, plus two equals four. And, and and Harold Ford Jr. reminds me of every and a lot of people do. You know, Mark Halperin and David Gregory. The, the whole suite of well, we got to talk about Halperin too. But yeah, well, and, but the whole bunch of them remind me of every every sleazy consultant I've ever had to deal with in wow, my life, yeah, professional yeah. life, because. All, it's all bullshit. It's all selling it's, bullshit. Yeah, for a all, lot of money. All, yeah, yeah, it's all buzzwords. It's all puking out the brand new buzzword of the week, and because somebody in some think tank spun up, you know, synergy this week, mm-hmm. and that's the new buzzword this week, and they just they just they just smear that all over the place and pretend that they've said something. And again, it's the emperor's new clothes. You come yep. along and say, "But you're naked." And, and, here's and then the all of map. a sudden, they take personal offense that you mm-hmm. said that. I love the response. Yeah. From the GOP today and yesterday, which was, oh, my stars and garters, we are so <laughs> offended by the president coming, inviting us to a party and then not telling us that our shit smells like rose petals. What is uh-huh. wrong with him? Uh-huh. It really was Mark, that bad. It really was. And Mark Halperin, you know, well, these, dug his nose right into it and said, mm-mm, rose petals, don't you smell it? <laughs> How dare they? It well, really was that bad. Yeah, and as long as as long as the 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 entire discussion is take is taking place on this theoretical bloviating, um, just throwing empty phrases around and bumper stickers around uh, stage, then Harold Ford Jr. and Mark Halper and those people are very happy. But yes. when it comes down to actually anchoring it into something factual, provable, verifiable, they completely lose their shit because they don't know anything. No, I they're know. Expert, they're experts on nothing. They don't know how to do basic math. I believe Harold Ford has to take his shoes and socks off to count to 20. Yeah. And so when Ezra Klein said no, well, it's really it, just – Drift glass. Uh-huh. I don't know if you noticed today, but it turns out that Donald Trump sure can't count. He can count to six hundred yeah. million, but he can't count to four thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. didn't yeah. know how many people are in Congress. So I, I promise you this: there is a wonderful clip from the West Wing. Everybody, take half a drink because I'm talking about the West Wing again. Oh, oh! One of the Internet kitties came, come, has come up to I tell me that. all about. I hear that. Yeah. Yeah, this is uh, one of the internet Don't kids. Talk about talking. Donald Trump, goddammit. it! <laughs> well, there, there's a wonderful clip from uh, from the West Wing where where someone in the press corps has embarrassed C.J. Craig um, gratuitously, made her look stupid gratuitously. She really wants to watch with some West Wing. You better yeah. put a video on. It's after. West Wing, damn it! <laughs> and, and so yes, there is. A, I, this is not just me in a in a studio. This is no. me in my house this with lots of stuff happening. This is you in your condo, and I'm down here. Yes, life life is getting better. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, this woman essentially gratuitously teed off on CJ in, in an article that she wrote that that was completely offensive and wrong and factually untrue. Just just did it for ratings and to be snippy. And so CJ. And this woman's like a fashion reporter. Not that fashion reporters can't be smart, but let's just not go there. Um, but, and so CJ just calls on her and says, so, Marsha, um, how many people in Congress? And what does it take to pass a bill? And just just absolutely humiliates this woman in front of the rest of the press corps. 
and I promise you I'll run that clip on my blog before tomorrow because it's so perfect because Donald just looked like a complete ass. He really – because he is. He, he, you know, once you get to a certain place of, of ego and power, you don't need to know anything. You literally need to know nothing. This right, is uh, right. this. I'm convinced this is behind what the the outgoing mayor of the city of Chicago used to say. A good manager can manage anything. Yes, you know, what you yes. mean is a good manager can go in with a with a two page playbook of of kicking people's ass and driving them you know into despair and putting your friends in certain positions and and essentially treating everyone like like uh, a dog. And you can squeeze good performance out of people if you're just a big enough prick. And that's true. But it doesn't mean you know anything. And Donald Trump clearly doesn't know anything. Donald Trump knows what the sound of Donald Trump's voice sounds like. And he he finds that most pleasing. But he doesn't know math. He doesn't know how the government works. And he doesn't know anything beyond his own ego. And and, and yet his numbers keep rising. What does that say about America? I heard this today. What does that say about America? that Donald Trump is leading the Republican Party. It says nothing about America. It says everything about the conservative movement. Well, and, the, and pride and lust and mammon <laughs> and gluttony and avarice are all right there in one guy. Uh, I, well, I, let, uh, let me just point out one, one thing, one very quick thing. Mm-hmm. That's for all the Randite, Paul Ryan, Rand Paul, obsessive, conservatives let's remind all of our listeners to remind all of their conservative friends that Anne rand hated religion yeah. hated christianity yep. said basically that 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 christians and believers and people's of people of faith were every bit as bad as communists and collectivists and liberals yeah because they were irrational and they well, believed and, and you know thing. frankly I don't care what Aaron said. I know they worship him. It's just another example of the complete hypocrisy of the right on this score. I don't care what she said either, except insofar as it drives a stake through the middle of the conservative movement when you pit the atheist radical. You know, imagine if a liberal. Pro abortion. Pro abortion. Like. they should be Paul, one on every street corner pro-abortion. Yeah. Well, Paul uh, Ryan forces his staff apparently to read the Fountainhead. Oh man. Well, what, what would what would happen to American in American media if it came out that a prominent Democrat forced his staff to read the works of a radical atheist pro-abortionist? Forced them to do that. Yeah. It'd be headlines everywhere. But Paul Ryan does it, and it's it's quaint, it's cool, it's interesting because nobody talks about the fact that Anne Rand was a radical nut job. Yeah. Just that she hated poor people and kicked them in the butt, and made Christianity passe, and replaced it with Mammon, which is yeah. a, which is what an older, yeah. darker religion that Republicans all worship. Well, there's there's a couple other things I wanted to ask yeah. you about, and one of the things I just want to get back to briefly is. Yes. What Obama didn't say in the speech that progressives really were hungering to hear. Mm-hmm. And that is the statement that Mike Pence is an asshole. <laughs> yes, I was waiting for that. I was yeah. waiting for that, too. I mean, he kind of he, he really did, as one person said, drink Paul Ryan's milkshake right in front of him, you know. Either. But Mike Pence, let's be clear, is running for governor of Indiana. And he, to do that, he's going to need a chunk of money from outside the 6th Congressional District of Indiana. Yes. And the, the way to cash in on the 
guaranteed button on that cash register that always goes ka-ching is pro-life. That's the last, you know, when all the other ones have blown up, that one's going to deliver every single time for the right wing. And that's... That's why it will never be illegal. Exactly, it's which is why it will never – it'll always be on the edge and they'll limit it and limit it and limit it. But it will always be the gigantic battle to be fought because ka-ching. And what I wanted to say about that in addition to you know, Mike Pence being an asshole and Obama not saying that is last week we talked about dog whistles. Mm-hmm. And it became very clear to me in the past seven days – that there is a misogynist dog whistle. And I, I know I've been kicked out of lots of feminist blogger clubs in my lifetime, but the misogynist dog whistle is alive and well. And Mike Pence is very good at blowing that dog whistle and hating, hating women and women's sexuality. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. bar none. Now, that said... I found it very interesting. Last night, the president of Planned Parenthood was on, Rachel Maddow. And mm-hmm. she, Rachel kept pushing her to defend abortion. Right. And by name. By name. And say, you know, yeah, but yeah. we have to really be pro-abortion and say women should have access to it in their hometown. And people should yes. be able to get one and not have to drive to an Indian reservation or mm-hmm. go over four states or, you know, sign a paper and listen to a lecture from their doctor that was written by the state legislature in order uh-huh. to just get access to this legal procedure. That's legal. And is legal there medical a constitutional procedure. right? Every bit as legal as getting a tooth extracted. Exactly. And not to be, you know, I, I don't want to be uh, callous about the tragedy of abortions. I understand that no. you know, people people should use contraception and be wise about these things, but that doesn't stop rapists. You know, that doesn't stop rapists, and no. that doesn't stop situations where a woman needs this service, and no. and she shouldn't have to be lectured about it. And I I mean I don't I'm preaching to the choir here, but sure. there is a misogynist dog whistle that says no, we hate women's sexuality, right, and. It's it's a tragedy that these people are allowed on the airwaves to spout well, the, that. The new scarlet letter A means abortion. Yeah, well, that's you the know, interesting it, part is the president of Planned Parenthood wouldn't do it. Right. The well, president and, and of Planned Parenthood is enough of a politician. Politician, yeah. Well, has, let's, has let's, enough let me be advertising contact. revenue in her, you know, blood. I saw the same thing. Yeah, the and PR. I, she has I'll enough be, PR in her blood to know not to do that. She's a realist. Yeah. She knows the country she's living in. Yeah. You know, this is this is why NPR is assiduously, you know, this is why when NPR farts in the wrong when some guy, some fundraiser on NPR is caught in a James O'Keefe video that has obviously been doctored mm-hmm. and cut up, making remarks that any good liberal knows to be true. Mm-hmm. He's fired. He, yep. Well, he resigns, and the boss resigns, and everybody resigns because let's just let's just put this behind us because you know this is the battered spouse syndrome. You know, yeah. people are just so used to being beaten up by the right reflexively that they now just automatically throw up that defensive gesture yeah. before they even think about it. Mm-hmm. The, the right has conditioned the left to be afraid to fight for their values, yeah. and and in that sense, they've won. Yeah. 
I want to know in the end, with summing this up, what you thought of Obama's speech. I think that some progressives wanted to hear him talk like Conan. Mm-hmm. You know, when when the when in, in the in the movie the uh, Conan is asked, you know, what is best in life, and Conan says to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of their women. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to hear Barack Obama set fire to the woods. Yep. And he did. Yeah, he did. Um, in he, a very he calm, defended, professorial voices. And yeah. Rachel Maddow said, if you read this this speech, it sounds like a stump speech. And I do think that David Pluff is it's kind of interesting. He sort of uh-huh. uh, you never saw this coming on Sunday when you saw David yes. Pluff on the Sunday shows. Yeah. You're like, well, what am I going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. We're in a crisis. We have to move forward. I, I yeah. thought, oh God, here comes the cave in, and then clearly, then comes well, and I think. Obama heard from senators. I think that had something to do with it. I really do. That Sherrod Brown wrote a letter and 20 other senators signed on and went and met with the president. And I I think, as I have said to you before, that he demurs to the Senate and really thinks of himself as, you know, a senator plus one rather well, than president. Well, I'm going to I'm going to add this to I'm going to say that. I would like to believe that he heard from a pastor or two, yeah, um, a, a moralist or two, a, a person who spoke out. Because what this speech was, it was a moral statement. It was a, it was a, it was a statement of moral principles that yeah. we cannot back away from. I, first, first of all, as a progressive, I like to hear him say things like, "As progressive, we have to prove, sort of, with actual numbers, yeah. <clears throat> that our values work." That what we say is true and what we believe to be a, a good kind of government actually does perform at the level we believe it perform. That's straight out of Bill Clinton's handbook. That's straight out of Bill Clinton's, you know, smart government handbook. It also Barack Obama tried to put up a, a chief performance manager in his first few months. People forget that uh, someone who would actually measure outcomes in, in a realistic way and tell people how it's working. Because I don't want to pay for shit that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to pay for things that do work. And I don't want to pay for things just to make my liberal heart, liberal heart feel good. I've worked for people who thought that way. And I thought, you know, that's really kind of selfish. Because if it's not working, chuck it and go find something that does work to meet your actual outcomes. Care about people past the end of the grant. Mm-hmm. Past yeah. the end of the 30 days, you're obliged to pay attention to them. Pay, pay, pay attention to them for two or three or five or six or ten years down the road and see how your, your ideals are, are, are working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I appreciate that. Someone told him to frame this as a moral document, and I really do appreciate that. And someone told him to fight, and I do appreciate that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I also want to um, – I'm sorry. My, my, my train of thought just ran off. One was, one was a moral document that I'm, I'm glad that he put it in those contexts. And two, oh, yeah, that's right. He's a process guy. He's a process dork, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Barack Obama loves him some process. So what he was doing was setting the table. He was saying, look, I'm again, I am again agnostic as to the actual details of this. But the end product has to be we take care of seniors, we 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 recommit ourselves to the to the our, our social compact between citizens that we that that is enacted through government. We do not abandon the weak. We do not abandon the poor. We do things in an intelligent way, and we do pay our bills. 
and he was setting the table for what he wants to be a process discussion. We can all agree we should pay our bills. We all, but we should also agree that grandma shouldn't die. And grandma's kid, who's now turning 52, yeah. might also want to take advantage of Medicare, as you mentioned during our pregame. Yeah, pregame. I was just saying that that's, that is one of the things that uh, actually Al Franken brought up in his book, The Truth with Jokes, that was written you know, six years ago when this <laughs> whole thing happened under Bush of him trying to privatize uh, Social Security. And there, there's a whole long chapter, you and I listened to it, where uh, Al Franken talks about how when you talk about Social Security and Medicare, people line up along class lines. They don't line up along generational lines because people have kids. Mm-hmm. And a 70-year-old mom, hi mom, <laughs> And a 75-year-old mom, 70, yeah, my mom is 72, and yours uh-huh. is 70, right? And we yeah. have kids who are, they have kids that are pushing 50, or are 50. And uh-huh. they want their kids to have the same, you know, security about their health care and their uh, pension as they have. It's not a question of option, you know, no, oh, you're going to kick it. To the next generation, fine. No, the next generation is my kids. You're not going to mm-hmm. do that. And mm-hmm. and the fact that Barack Obama made this a moral issue, I think, appealed very much to the commies are not as atheistic as you think they are. They believe uh-huh. in society. They do. You're listening to the Professional Left Podcast, professionallab.blogspot.com. Where are the jobs, Mr. Boehner? Yeah. I don't understand why, you know, well, I do understand that they succeeded in moving that off of the front page. Jobs? Jobs. Jobs what? No, no, we're, we're busy litigating abortion. We're busy cutting abortion. the deficit, yeah, and litigating abortion, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't we, we're going to shut the, the government down. Over. And the villagers say, oh, okay, that's good. Who wants mm-hmm. to talk about jobs? I've got a job. Why do I want to talk about that? Cokie Roberts, well, I've got a job. I've got a yeah. job for life. Why would I want to talk about jobs? Let's talk about tax cuts. Yeah, yeah. When future historians, you know, are, uh, when future archaeologists dig through our culture and find out, you know, what happened to them, you know, how did they fall? Sure, they're going to go to the magazine racks at the grocery store and look at all the crap we read and and they get sold as as news. But they're gonna they're gonna say, wait a minute, this this country went bankrupt and its its economy collapsed and it fell into a third world. Pest hole status from which it never recovered over abortion, really, mm-hmm. over over the desire to tell women what to do. No, with not their over views. abortion, over right. punishing one yeah. organization for whom three percent of their activity was abortion, yeah. so that Mike Pence could dig into the coffers of the pro-life lobbyists and run for governor. That's why our economy. That's why our government almost shut down. Well, and because pro-lifers are indeed just that fucking stupid. Uh, they're that vicious. Yeah. They they're hate that women that vicious. much. They hate women that much. They really yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's – this has been yeah. vexing me to and from the – if you had to boil the entire rights dogma down to one sentence, it's use everything up now. Yeah. You know, use all the oil in the world now to make me incrementally – 
you know, com- more comfortable. You, you know, burn it all now, use it all now, piss it away all now. That, that is that is the the dark side of the boomer mentality, mm-hmm. which is, you know, there is no generation before us that's worth yeah. that's better than us, and and after us, you know, après midi la deluge, or or you know, it, who cares what the fuck happens after I go to my grave. The future can go fuck itself as far as I'm concerned. That really is the conservative ideology. I don't give a shit about tomorrow. Tomorrow isn't, has nothing to do with me. Tomorrow isn't you know here what? yet. Tomorrow wanna, is irrelevant. I want to – right on topic, seven, yep. seven deadly sins. Uh-huh. One is called – I'm not going to pronounce this right. It's acedia, uh-huh. A-C-E-D-I-A, might be uh-huh. Acadia, describes a state of listlessness or not caring. Or not being concerned with one's position or condition in the world. It is despair. And, yeah. you know, we progressives, I know during this whole thing where Paul Ryan was king of the world for the first two days this week, uh-huh. I was really feeling a sense of despair about it. And just like, oh, That's- gee, here we go. You know, Obama's going to cave. This is it. You know, we're done here. There's mm-hmm. not going to be any... Uh, no one's going to stand up for us, and and we're done. And I'm grateful that the non-progressive president stood up for a yes. program that is very popular. You know, that is not – he's not a risk taker here, and he's no. not being a progressive when doing this. He's being a, de- a, re- a middle-of-the-road Democrat, and Paul Krugman is absolutely right in saying this is not a position from which we compromise. Right. This is the center. This is the this center is the right center. here. Boom. Uh-huh. You're not going to move I, from this to a compromise position. This say, is it. I say this knowing that, that Barack Obama, even as I speak, is about six miles away from where I'm talking right now. Yeah. Yeah. Raising an assload of money for his reelection. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is who we have. Yep. And he's not – you know, this is not the liberal president we wanted, but this is the centrist, slightly left-leaning, mm-hmm. deeply flawed orator with a, I believe, a good heart that we have. Mm-hmm. And so, and I I've don't got, want anyone else except mm-hmm. for maybe Bernie Sanders, <laughs> yeah, picking the next Supreme Court justice. Exactly. Thank you, Blue Gal. <laughs> When he, when he comes right down to it, the, the worst decision of our lifetime mm-hmm. could very well turn out to be Citizens United. Yeah, yeah. Second only to probably Bush v. Gore 2000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And those decisions are made by people who never have to run for election and never have to sit in – And never will never be impeached. By the public. And will never be impeached, let's face it. Yeah, and never and, – and will never – and there's nobody looking over the shoulder. There's no check and balance on being a Supreme Court justice. Nope. And I don't want – you know, I don't want President Palin picking the next Supreme Court justice or well, President Trump, for God's be, sake. Or, or I don't want President Mitt Romney doing it either. Screw no. this. You know how much no. pressure he's going to be under from the Tea Party to pick some wacko right-wing Koch brothers-approved fascist yeah. to go on the court, which is what we have with Clarence Thomas? Give me yeah. a break. What we have left are are bad decisions, are yeah. bad choices. Mm-hmm. Let's not pretend otherwise. But you know what? There is a difference between a, a bad decision and a horrific decision. And if and, you don't get and that, we make a diff. We are making a difference by continuing to be the media, press the media to be more accountable, call them out with their bullshit, and yell and scream and be in the streets. <laughs> and 
let's do that, people. Are on that saying, note, on that note, fists in the air. Blue Gal, <laughs> are you saying it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness? And put your fist, everybody put your fist in the air. Wherever you're sitting listening, put your fist in the air and say what okay. my youngest child says. Mm-hmm. Fight the power! Damn right. <laughs> All right. We want to thank our listeners. We are so glad you're part of our family. I know Adam Klugman said family, extended family week last week, and we feel that way about all yeah. of you. We really do. Yeah, and, and we mean. <laughs> Sorry about my voice, we, too. <laughs> it's, um, and we, we mean a real family, the real dysfunctional, yeah. argumentative, pushy, mm-hmm. um, contentious family. Yeah. You know, that Where everybody gets so tired and cranky at the end of the day. <laughs> Absolutely. We know yeah. how that feels. Yeah. Uh, we have an email address where you can write to us. It is proleftpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Always feel free to write. No question is too stupid <laughs> or too long. You can write for hours to us, and eventually we will read your emails. We love getting emails from our listeners. We have a website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can listen to past episodes for free with no download and no registration. People like listening to us at work, and they don't have to download iTunes to their work computer in order to, to do that at professionalleft.blogspot.com. We are also on iTunes, and we love our iTunes listeners. If you're listening on iTunes, feel free to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And at that website, professionalleft.blogspot, there is an opportunity for you to help us, A, pay our podcasting bills, B, yes. give us a vote of confidence in the form of a $5 bill, and see. Pat our, bot- pat our bottoms. Pat our bottoms. <laughs> pat our bottoms. <laughs> hey, Drickus, you go there, okay? <laughs> That's my job, Luga. Don't forget. Don't forget that I have a bodyguard. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he doesn't want me a sl- sharing a room with anyone else at Netroots Nation, so give we us, have to us, pay for half the hotel room. We're still give us a nice. Give us a nice. Uh, well, we're still scraping and that, together ass, enough yeah. money to do that. So let you know. Let me be clear. We're not going to make a profit off of going to Netroots Nation, no. ladies and gentlemen. No. So if you have five bucks, if you have a job where you can afford to give us five bucks, put five bucks in the hat to say you guys are doing a good job. We appreciate it so much. And there is an opportunity to do that at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. We really appreciate your help. We really do. And just, just to be clear, uh, the reason this podcast sounds so good is that Blue Gal takes about 19 hours of rambling, my rambling mostly, and, and sculpts it down to an elegant 30 or 40 minutes of, of art. She's the reason this thing works. I just go for listen to the first 30 minutes and say, okay, we're done. <laughs> no, I don't. Boy, no, I don't. Blue Gal? <laughs> no, I really don't. <laughs> It's all gold. Every word out of his mouth is gold, I tell you. So how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, the Internet Kitties are pretty hacked off at President Obama because they wanted to drink Paul Ryan's milkshake. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying and the fellow with the switchblade knife. Let's think about living. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2011, Drip Glass Blue Gal Podcast.